Good morning. It is great to see you all this morning. Thanks for being here. You know, I feel like this is the dedicated crowd, right? I mean, we do church on Sunday morning, no matter what, right? There you go. Um, one of the things that Amy said last night, oh, not last night, excuse me, Christmas Eve night, was that it was wonderful to hear all of the different voices reading all of the different passages of Scripture. And having all of those voices really spoke to the idea of how rich and deep our community is. Well, that's the case again here this morning now, isn't it? Because I'm here, Dave is here, Angie is filling in for Leslie, and we're just really happy to be here with you. So, um, yeah, a few different voices than usual. I, if you, by the way, if you saw me on my phone, and you're like, why is Kathy on the phone? I'm interacting with the folks who are online watching. That's something that I do each Sunday morning, and I'm not doing very much of it this morning. My interaction is a little lower than usual, so sorry, guys, but you have some other folks online interacting with you as well. But that is why you see me with my phone here. I'm going to start with our scripture reading for this morning. It's a familiar passage, and it's actually one that I referenced about a year ago when I preached two weeks after Christmas. This is from Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. And we know this particular passage as the greatest commandment. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, which in some versions we know as scribe, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Ooh, it worked. I have. Yes, Diane. You want me to use the mic up closer? Okay. All right. I'll try to do that. The greatest commandment has two parts. And this is not the first time or the only time it is here in the Bible. It actually appears eight times in the Bible. And it goes all the way back to some of the oldest text in our Bible, Leviticus has this greatest commandment. So uh, this was not a new invention. This was 
sacred. This was ancient when Jesus shared this and reminded his followers of the greatest commandment. First of all, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself. I think about these two passages often because I am not a Bible verse memorizing person. Um, but this one, I think, if I, I tell myself, you know, if I remember this, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all right. I can focus on that, and everything else will sort of flow from it. And one of the things that this has created for Morningstar is our vision to be a community stirred by the grace of God to be active in inspirational worship, to practice radical inclusion, and to alleviate suffering. We talk about our vision and our mission, but I thought that this morning I might make the effort to really share with you how this vision ties directly into Jesus and the greatest commandment. And then at the end, I'm hoping that we can do a little interactive stuff here where we can um, all participate in the conversation. But let's go back to this vision right now. How does this vision tie into the greatest commandment? And what are the three parts of our vision. What are these and what do they mean? Let's look at inspirational worship. I think we all have an idea of what these words specifically mean. It's not that the words are difficult. We know what it means to inspire. The dictionary says that this is something or someone that makes you feel strongly interested and enthusiastic. I like that. That works. We know what worship means the word to honor or show reverence that's not complicated but I think the trickiest part of inspirational worship is inspirational worship looks different for me than it does for Myrna it looks different for Myrna than it does for Sarah and I could go through each person in the room. Inspirational worship can look different to each of us. And that may just be perhaps one of the trickiest parts of being a pastor or a leader in a church is this idea that you want everyone to experience inspirational worship. And yet, it is different for every person. So, we do our best, and we try to offer different types of worship, and we try to offer different types of music, and we try to you know, do different types of prayers. Our call to worship changes. Our affirmation of faith changes. And the reason for that is because we want to have the opportunity to, for each person to experience inspirational worship. Another part of that vision is alleviating suffering. I know some people for whom the heart of their relationship with God 
is right there, alleviating suffering. They take that love your neighbor part very seriously. That's a core tenet, right? I mean, second part of the greatest commandment. To reduce the pain or trouble that a person or people are experiencing, that means something. That can be the way that love is and that we I think that's the way that I think that's what love is and I think that is what love does. I think we have an excellent example of that in the parable of the good Samaritan. We know that story, but did you know that Jesus is telling the parable of the good Samaritan in direct response to the question Who is my neighbor? The scribe or the lawyer asks Jesus this question and he answers with the parable of the Good Samaritan. Who is my neighbor? Jesus starts by saying, well, let me tell you the story. The man has been beaten, robbed, He lies near death on the side of the road. A priest comes, passes him by. A Levite comes, sees him, passes him by. A person from Samaria, a Samaritan, sees him, stops, cares for him, takes him to some place that that will be safe for him, to rest and to heal, pays for that. And then Jesus says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. So our neighbor is really anyone in our lives with whom we can share God's love, right? Anyone in our lives. Anybody we come across. Anybody that we reach out to. We're called not only to love those who are similar to us or with whom we are comfortable, but to all whom God places in our path. And I think that that passage speaks not only to the importance of alleviating suffering, but also to this idea of radical inclusion. For the purpose of... Okay, let me back up. Radical inclusion is a sermon all on its own. I could could stand up here and talk about radical inclusion for 20 minutes easily. Not going to do that. For this morning, we're going to sort of lay out this definition, but um, remind me to talk more about it later, next time I'm up here, maybe. The intentional inclusion of all persons being, okay, let's just take it a little further, though. Especially people who have traditionally lived at the margins of society. Radical inclusion will invite and embrace 
diversity and inclusion at all levels. It will respect and value differences, not just tolerate them, but respect and value differences, listening to voices that are different than our own. Radical inclusion provides a safe place for all persons to fully experience God's grace. And it creates a community where no one is excluded or made to feel less than. No one. No exceptions, no one. And so those are the three tenets of our vision. Inspirational worship, radical inclusion, and alleviating suffering. I also sort of group them together, or not together, but, but sort of see them as relating to these three very basic concepts of spirituality, community, and service. And so if it is easier to think of them along those lines, that is kind of how they fall, right? Um, But I think that those three ideas are a direct reflection on the greatest commandment. This is how we love the Lord our God. This is how we love our neighbor. Now, this is where I want to turn the convert turn this into a conversation. Now that you've heard me talk about these three ideas as the core of our community, essentially, what I would like to hear from you is what do you participate in at Morningstar? What do you do as a member of the Morningstar community? Tell me something that you're participating in that you're doing, and then let's talk about how it fits into these three concepts. Somebody shout something out. What's something that you participate in here at Morningstar? The pantry. Great. Lighthouse pantry. Now, um, I think everybody is pretty familiar with the work of the Lighthouse Pantry. Uh, We talk about it a lot because it involves a lot of our people, and it's an important outreach for Morningstar to the community. Dale, since you happen to be the first one to shout that out, which, let's start, which, pick one of those that you think pantry fits into. Alleviating suffering, I think that's the first thing that most of us would think of, right? It does alleviate suffering for sure, and we immediately identify it with that. Now, Dale or anyone else who might participate in pantry, do you see it in any of the other two, in either of the other two roles? Do you see that? And if so, tell me.
All right, let's talk about that. Radical inclusion. How would Lighthouse Pantry be practicing radical inclusion? Let's go ahead, Dale. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I have noticed, Dale is talking about how they welcome and invite all different types of folks to participate. One of the things that I know is that there are people who volunteer with you, right, who are former clients or existing clients, right, um, who have been so moved by what this mission and ministry does that they want to be a part of it on the other side. And so I see people out there that I've never met before, um, people that are not part of our church community, but who are participating in our church community. You see, they may not be coming to church on Sunday, but they are very much a part of our church community. That speaks to the idea of radical inclusion. Mm -hmm. So Nellie is talking. Yes, Nellie is talking about the fact that it's not just food. Um, and that they can pray with people, that they may just listen or talk with someone about what's happening in their lives, a whole different kind of alleviating suffering, right? What about inspirational worship? Would anybody who participates in pantry want to think about how that might include inspirational worship? I can't see heads nodding. I think it happens. I've heard the prayers. I've heard the praying with people. I think that that is a form of inspirational worship. Let's talk about a different program or ministry or project. What's something else that you do here? Say that again. Music. So we have our band, and we have our choir, and Sarah, since you were the one who shouted that one out, where would you place that first? Gio, you, you, you can absolutely chime in. Inspirational worship, Gio said. So certainly the music is an incredibly important part of our worship. Right? And so we can be inspired by song, by music. As a matter of fact, I thought it was funny because I Googled the term inspirational worship. I Google everything, FYI, you know. Um, I Googled inspirational worship. It was all music, all the time. All, that's, that's what the internet considers inspirational worship. Is that music? Um, that's kind of cool. I thought that was interesting. Um, music is an incredibly 
important part of our inspirational worship. If we look at the other two, and <laughs> being one of the three is great. I mean, we don't have to look for everything to be all three. If something is inspirational worship, that's inspirational worship, and that's fine. It doesn't need to go any further. But we do hope that radical inclusion can be a part of every ministry, don't we? We want every voice to be heard in every ministry and every mission that we have. And so that is something that I know our music teams work on. I know that is something that is important to people working in ministries across Morningstar. And so I think we can hope that radical inclusion can be a part of everything that we do. What else? What else? Hymns? Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. This is interesting, okay. What Rick is talking about, I want to recap that, especially for folks who are watching at home, um, is this idea that the songs that we sing can bring, can heal pain. They can heal pain. They can bring us joy. And that is alleviating suffering on the spiritual level. Did I paraphrase that, phrase that effectively? Okay. And I see, again, lots of nodding heads. So I know that you agree with that. I think that's wonderful. All right, if somebody doesn't mention something that I, that Angie and I are working on every week, pretty soon I'll be super bummed. What's that? Women's Bible study. We have women's Bible study, and we have men's Bible study, and we have pastor's Bible study. And we have lots of folks who participate in those three. And where would you see these Bible studies fitting into our... Yeah, I see Mark. Mark, what do you think? He says all of them. He says all of them because... We we talked about how we can alleviate suffering through inspirational worship. We've talked about the idea that every ministry and mission wants to focus on radical inclusion. We want everyone to be a part of our programs and our missions. Um. I think that that's true. I think that Bible study does meet all three. But um, even if it, for one person, is one of those, that's okay. It doesn't have to be all three for everyone, right? It could be different for different people. 
Anything else that you want to throw out there? Genesis mission team. And Carol, how are you? Carolyn, how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. So she's talking about Genesis Mission's team and the fact that she sees that in all three. Okay, She sees all three of those as part of what their team is doing. So I think that this is an opportunity for us to say, I participate in this community. I am part of this community. And through what I do here at Morningstar, I want to be a part of all three of these things. I want what I do at Morningstar to matter in all three of these areas. And it's not that everything has to be all three. It can be one, it can be two. But as we think about what our community, as rich and as deep as it is, can do and can accomplish and can be. We can be these things. We strive to be these things. We want to have inspirational worship. We want to be radically inclusive. We want to alleviate suffering because... We strive to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and to love our neighbors as ourselves. On this hangs all the law and the prophets. On this hangs our lives and the lives of the people that we can reach out to and show God's love and God's mercy. Amen? All right, thanks for hanging in there with me for this. I know it was a little different. Ah, aren't you fun? And I told David this morning as we were getting ready, as we were singing the little drummer boy, I said, you know, today is about fun a little bit. Today is a little bit lighthearted. And, you know, a little bit up-tempo. And so I don't want to get too serious. I did kind of. That that stuff kind of does make me a little serious. But we're, we're glad to have our inspirational worship include fun and joy, laughter, and just being light and uplifting. That can be very important in inspirational worship. Let me just lead us in a quick prayer before we do our affirmation of faith. Gracious God, thank you so much for bringing us here this morning. Whether we're in our pajamas or our slippers or 
our Sunday best or something in between, we know that you are with us. You welcome us. That you love each and every one of us without boundary, without condition. And for that, we are grateful. We are grateful for this Christmas season, time to reflect on the birth of your, of your son and the meaning that has for us, time to spend with friends and family. God, we ask you to be with those who are not with us here in this room this morning. If they are traveling, if they are at home, be with them. We love them. We miss them. And we are grateful for them. And we are grateful for those of us who are in this room supporting each other in our journey of faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.